Hello and welcome to your path to success with Ruth Kearns Volman. Today I continue my series of conversations on leading through COVID-19 and it's an interview with Will Hogg and Robert Youngstra on how to lead through an existential crisis and move from surviving to thriving. Will is Managing Director and Robert Chairman of Kinetic Consulting, a successful strategic consultancy based here in Geneva. We recorded this conversation back in April 2020, when we were only a few weeks into lockdown here in Europe, and many of us were still trying to deal with immediate consequences of the crisis, some of them clearly existential, and others much more practical, such as how to do a three-way interview via Zoom, as you will soon hear. However, as I've gone back to listen to this a few months later, I'm struck just how relevant the principles we discussed continue to be. You'll hear us talk about leading the business and how to balance the short and long-term needs. You'll hear us talk about leading the organization by communicating with transparency and predictability. And you'll hear us talk about leading ourselves by focusing on what is within our control. Each of these things, which are of the utmost importance during crisis, are also timeless leadership practices. Enjoy the interview. So it's it's actually an absolute delight for me to be here with uh, two wonderful business leaders and amazing human beings today. Uh, Robert Youngstra, who's the Executive Chairman of Kinetic Consulting, and Will Hogg, who's the Founder and Managing Director. Hi. Good morning, Ruth. <laughs> Good morning. So, um, you know, Robert, you had a 30-year career in P&G. You've seen so many ups and downs over the years, leading uh, very large global businesses. Will, you've had a diverse career. You founded Kinetic 10 years ago. Um, it's a successful consulting business. Before that, you were an HR leader in PNG, and you started your career in the army. So both of you have had a lot of experience, and we're here to have a conversation about what we're experiencing now um, in these uncertain and rather strange times of the COVID-19 virus. Thinking about the past, what are you finding yourself drawing on now in, the, in your current experience of how you're living it out yourself? Uh, I guess for me, there's, there's three things, and you alluded to two of them, Ruth. The, the first is the military. So in the mid-90s, I was in Bosnia, which was as, as VUCA as it could get. So there's a, a lot at the moment that I'm pulling back on those experiences, even though it was half a lifetime ago. Then there was the time in PNG, uh, where frankly, it was under the tutelage of Robert. I learned a lot about how to structure that experience and how to structure that thinking uh, that, is, that is certainly supporting me now as I, as I lead the business. And then third, from a very personal perspective, uh, three years ago, uh, almost exactly three years ago, I had a, a large tumor in my head, uh, which retaught me a lot of the military lessons I had on resilience and dealing with uncertainty and even thriving through it. So I'm kind of pulling on those three threads at the moment. Yeah. And, and you know, what, what has it been like for you to come into this uncertain period? It's a strange one. It's, it's obviously... On one side, it's a, it's a huge tragedy, and I think I, I share all of us share a huge sadness for that. So, so I want to start there. Though, 
from a personal perspective, the, there's a part of me that feels very familiar for the reasons I said. So, so there's a lot of the feelings I'm having now, and even some of the excitement for the opportunities that I see now are, are feelings that I've, I've had before in the, in the most difficult circumstances. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to talking some about some of that more. What about you, Robert? Um, it's um, I've had I've had a few things which I can think of Ruth going back, especially from a, uh, from a professional point of view. It's uh, the one which came to mind when you asked the question was uh, it, I when I just got promoted to being a general manager, my first general manager job, uh, which was in. Uh, in PNG France, and I got handled handled the keys of my office uh, um, uh, with a speech of my boss to be, um, and he says, um, "Robert, you sort this out, um, or we'll close the business down." So that was sort of um, <laughs> a, a very clear statement of intent that things had to change. And I think if if if, if something has woken us up over the last uh, couple of weeks is that in a lot of companies uh, things had to change very very quickly uh, for the company to survive so i think that's one the other thing is and it's a little bit where will was going i i personally i see a huge sense of um, of opportunity it's assuming that we all stay healthy and that we find the solution but world in the, in the world and business and the community in one way shape or form are going to come back to a sense of normality but we will all need to adjust behavior and the way we operate and i think that as as a business leader and working with will and the team on 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 uh, with our clients and being on the board of a couple of companies i see it as a huge opportunity yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? This tension between crisis and opportunity. Um, and one thing that I've experienced myself um, and also talking to my clients is that the first few weeks, it was literally how are we going to manage the short term? But very quickly, people are starting to think about what is the long term and how do we see the opportunity for the future? Yeah. And I'd like to ask you a bit about that. From your experience, how as a leader can you keep your eye on the urgent uh, and, and getting everything sorted out that needs to get sorted out while keeping your eye also on the, on the longer term vision? Listen, as ideally as, as, a, as, a, as a business leader, um, it's, you ideally have, have in one way, shape or form, you have a strategy and choices and a vision so that that handles uh, which handle the long term you have you have those as as your modus operandi you have them present in your organization and with your organization now in in the circumstances like this things change very very quickly and i think you you shouldn't be afraid to acknowledge that as a business you might be in in existential danger um, a lot of the companies with whom i'm uh, with whom i'm involved uh, and who are trying to help out um, it's, it's frankly failed to recognize how close they were walking uh, uh, to, or how close they were to to going under, uh, and there was a lack of understanding of what was required to stay liquid and 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 to service your debt, and and both are required. So, 
and making that, acknowledging that and making that a priority and for a couple of weeks uh, uh, sort of forgetting, quote unquote, about the long term is okay. Now, you will need the long term once you switch back to normality. And also the long term being aware of that can help executing the short term. So you don't want to cut uh, too deep in areas which you will think um, uh, will be important for the long term. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, one of the things that I'm thinking about or that comes to mind is that even in the short term, the decisions that you make need to be led by your values and your priorities. So if, if those are not clear, then you... you <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's one but. It's, it's, and, and I was surprised, frankly, it's over the last six weeks uh, how much I've seen that people were not willing uh, to handle the, the need for immediate cash. It was just a total, uh, total unawareness. Yeah, and if, you know, my, it's, it's an interesting one because as, as Robert was saying before, and I think the sense of this, this discussion is there are certain things I think which we're learning right now which are always true in business. And this, this balance of the short term and the long term is, is one of those lessons that, that I think we shouldn't forget. And as you were talking, it, it was reminding me of a time when, when Robert and I were working with a very well-known client and, and we were focusing, if you like, only, Robert and I keep doing air quotes, uh, only on, <laughs> on, on the strategy. And it was actually, it was Robert who pulled me back and said, yes, this is right. And, and, and everything we're doing in terms of the vision and the strategy and the values is correct. But in the end, our client, the CEO, tomorrow needs to go out with, in this case, his leadership team and speak to an organization who needs short-term confidence right now. And, and, and from that experience, I learned a lot about the continual need, this, if you find yourself thinking too much about the long-term, to bring yourself back to the short-term and vice versa. So it's this continual balancing act between the two that I think is being brought out into sharp relief at the moment, but I think it's always required in good business leadership. Yeah, and so that, you know, Robert, your example of cash is, is, is a very practical one. Like, do you, do you have what it takes to make this work right now, right? Exactly. One of the things you, you mentioned, Will, which I'd like to talk about is communication. Mm. So whether you have a, a, a large or a small organization, I think one of the things that, has, that I've observed in the last few weeks is people either getting flooded with lots of information around this is happening and that is happening and you need to do this and you need to do that, which can be very confusing, or so little information about what the leaders are thinking that they're making it up themselves. How do you manage that balance with your organization? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And, and I suppose my first, my first reflex reaction to that is it's more about quality than quantity. So, so my criticism at the moment is there's far too much extraneous information, which is cluttering people's ability to first of all, understand the facts. And then secondly, based on that, to make a clear decision and find a way forward. Again, short term and long term. And, and in this respect, as I said in the introduction, this is where it really does remind me of the military. And it reminds me of a very simple principle we learned in the military, which is when there's a real crisis, and of course, you know, by a real crisis in the military, I, I truly mean an existential one for the individual or the team. You learn very fast that at that point, unless the information is absolutely critical to what is happening at that point, it's best not to talk. And, and there's, the, there's even the, the, the word on the, 
on the radio comes out minimized, which means everybody just stops talking. And the point of that is, is twofold. It first of all allows the person who's at the front of the crisis to have the space and, and, the, and the time to observe what's going on to make great decisions because they're the only ones who can understand what's really going on at that point. But it also enables the headquarters or the supporting functions, if I bring it back to business, to also have that pause and with the humility of serving the front line, just stop and think about, is everything I'm doing right now adding value or is it just adding noise? And, and, and this principle, I think, is, is, is truly critical for our clients right now, is, is, is actually to slow down and to really think about what is the quality of information I want to give and to share it and then to step back again. Mm. Robert, do you have some examples of that, of a situation where you had to really think about minimizing the amount of communication and really focusing on the quality? Um, yeah, um, and, 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 and using slightly different, uh, and I totally agree with Will, it's, it's the quality of the information uh, uh, which counts uh, and, and not too much is, I totally agree with as well. Um, there's, there's a, um, for me, the key thing in a, in a, in a situation like this is, is, is that you underline once again with your team is that they can fully trust you. Um, so there's there's trust uh, required, and 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 to for the for the people to to continue to trust you, they will need to know is that they will get the good news as well as the bad news, um, and that you're straight about it. Um, so that's one, um, and that you deliver against your commitment to inform them when something else material uh, is going to happen so that they don't start to speculate themselves because there's no news coming because they know that I would or will would come back to them uh, if something material would happen so I think those are two two key elements which I would underline Mm. so transparency is part of trust and what else Predictability. Right. Predictability. So they know what you're going to do. Well, they know that if something material is going to happen, is that I will be back to them with the same transparency. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, to come back to what you were saying before, Robert, um, there's also the messaging that you're giving about the short term and what needs to be the short term focus before people are then kind of able to, to to move forward to the to the thriving part yeah. of the scenario and have you experienced that before in your career where you 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 were in a situation where you you had to give people some short-term messages of focus and then move them through to a second stage well it's it, lots of them um, and, and 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 one thing which was uh, uh which 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 might be very visual um uh, and that was an existential crisis for us and you might remember that it's uh, when we were running the global head and shoulders business and and as you know head and shoulders survives on being superior in um in from a dandruff efficacy point of view and we got totally surprised by Unilever launching a superior formula in the UK. Now, think about an existential threat to a business. So not to people, but to a business. So what we did is, and we had to be very clear about that we're not going to let this happen. And we had one star-based formula in the US 
and we we loaded uh, a, a few shops uh, worth of uh, of that tar-based product in a big in a big plane, flew it over and put them on the shelf in the UK, um, and so that we could claim superiority again. Now. All that is is the whole organization in the UK and from the central team, they forgot all the long term uh, and they uh, they had to handle the short term to get that superiority claim from the competition off air, and then we went on with normal business. Uh, but you first need to you first need to make that step in terms of survive before you can go back to thrive. And we did. We got the copy of Unilever off air and we went on and on and on. And you know the story of head and shoulders. It's by now, it's, it's about 20 years of, of ongoing growth. Some things you need to do in the short term, survive before you can go on to thrive again. So what happened there, I think, is that you focused the whole organization on this is what we need to do to stop this existential threat from taking hold but you probably had other parts of the organization that were focused on the future. Totally. It's, it, was, it, uh, it was a massive organization. Not everybody was involved in this operation. So, and, and the rest of the organization continued to work against the proven strategies. And you see, that's, what I, that's where we started this discussion. Ideally, yes. in the situation of crisis, you have a very good strategy operating, which will take care of the long term whilst you need to acknowledge an issue which you need to handle in the short term. So that's, yeah. that's the, the survive and, and going on to thrive. The other thing which I'd add here, for your long-term strategy in a situation like this, um, and, and this is not the normal circumstances, neither will be the recession which we're going to have will be normal. It will be deep, it will be painful. But as I said before, I think there are so many opportunities for changing consumer habits, changing shopping habits, a totally different attitude to the way we work. So as companies, as businesses, there, when there's change, there's a major opportunity. Right. And how are you thinking about that, both of you with your clients right now, to help them to start to you know, assess the landscape and get ahead of this opportunity to prepare for what's coming. You know, you said recession, but also changing habits of consumers, changing habits, changing working habits. You know, how are you helping them think about that? Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's kind of two speeds going on, first of all, in construct. So I think there's, a, there's an emotional requirement with the client and there's, a, if you like, a logical requirement with the client. So, so the first one is the emotional one. You know, all of us, uh, when we get hit by crisis, and you already alluded to it, Ruth, as did Robert, it's when you're hit by crisis, you're, you're, you're straight into the reptilian brain. So you're straight into fight or flight or freeze, uh, where it's very difficult to make great decisions. So, so the first part, the emotional component of working with anybody, including a client, is to help them come out of that. And, and, and that comes back to some of the points that Robert made, for example, around cash. So it's, it's just demonstrating that you understand what's required to survive. Right? Because the first thing is a mindset change to stop thinking about survive and have the space to think about thrive. Then there's the, the, the more logical side of it is, and you alluded to it, but it's, it's to start with, in all cases, who are your key stakeholders and what do they want? And, and there's two speeds to that. What do they want right now? And what do they want in the future? And, and the stakeholders is your customers, your consumers, to a lesser extent, your competition, your employees, you know, the whole ecosystem. And then what we do is we help our clients look at and how are you set up to deliver against those needs 
and then what needs to change. And that creates the gap against which we write strategies. And again, I very much come back to Robert's point, is thinking about what are those few short-term actions to, to, to meet the stakeholder needs literally tomorrow? And then what are the longer-term pieces that need to be put into place to make sure that you'll thrive through the recession and out into the next two, three, five, ten years? Mm. There's something else that um, comes up for me as we're, as we're talking. When, when you talked about the kind of fight, flight, freeze, where a lot of us... Uh, have a lot of us have experienced that is also how you take care of yourself as a leader because you know to lead the organization you need to be ahead of the curve in terms of taking care of yourself and I think there's a a big need um, to to think about our own resilience what you know has been your experience there and I know you have experience from the past as well that has helped you lead through crisis shall i start shall i take that yeah start and, and then robert can you can build yeah I, I i already did refer to it a little bit so so I, I think the the whole military experience gave me gave me certain tools with how to accept uncertainty and how to deal with the fact that you probably can't influence most of what's around you and you therefore have to focus on those few things you can but, you know, that was still slightly theoretical. Uh, as I said, until three years ago, when I, I discovered that I, I had a tumor in my head, almost as big as my brain. And it was very interesting because, of course, you know, the first that you, you go through fear and you, you look at your children and you go through some grief uh, and you, you go through a lot of things. But then through the other side of it, I realized very quickly that the only, or for me at least, the only way to deal with it is to first of all accept, okay, I might die. I cannot control that. So there's honestly zero point in me getting stressed about it. And I had a conversation with Robert in case this sounds macho where he asked me, how are you sleeping? And I said, I'm sleeping perfectly. Thank you very much. Because, and the reason was I got myself to that place of saying, I can't control this, but what I can control is my health, what I can control is my well-being, what I can control is my strength going into this. And therefore, the way I'm going to do it is to focus on staying fit, staying well, staying in good relationships with people, and frankly, letting the rest go. And, and, and it might sound a little bit silly, but, but for me, the phrase that kept going around my head was, don't take it too seriously. You know, you're, you're, you're not that important that you need to take it that seriously. And instead, just deal with what's in front of you. And, and it was incredible. Through that experience, I realized that I, I had a huge amount of joy in the most difficult times. And, and as I said at the beginning of this interview, there's a lot of what's going on at the moment reminds me of exactly those same things. And you see, I, I would never be able to do that. Um, and I, uh, so I, this attitude, I would, uh, I would never be, be able to have. So I would be awake the whole night, and I, no qualms about that. That's, that's as, as clear as, as crystal. You see, in, the, in, in situations like this, uh, when there's a crisis, um, uh, there, there's something which uh, uh, you, need, you, need to, you need to be able to set yourself realistic objectives of, of how, you, how you come out. So it's, it's being unrealistic and, and sugarcoating everything. It just doesn't work. You get very, very unhappy about it. 
And then there's the other thing. It's don't take yourself uh, and don't don't take don't take yourself too serious. Because uh, if you're as if you as a leader, if you're gonna be walking around uh, with an air and a halo of pessim pessimism around you, uh, you're not gonna be very good. Uh, uh, you're not gonna be a very good reference for your whole organization. You want everybody to work against uh, a crisis with a with a with a positive attitude. However. Difficult that is. Yeah, one thing. I mean, <laughs> I laughed because I've experienced that the way that people manage their own stress. There are principles. There are psychological principles, but there are also some things which are very personal. And I think that one thing that has been a negative sometimes of the current situation is that people seem to be. Um, comparing to each other, like Will is Superman and he can sleep. So I love it that you can laugh at him that, you know, that wouldn't be you, but that doesn't mean that you're not dealing with it in your way. So I think it's very important that we own our own ways of dealing with stress, but we, we have our ways of dealing with that so that we can be available for something else. Um, and Robert, what you mentioned is, or it could have been Will, but I know that you're, you're aligned on this, but acting within our circle of, of, of influence and being able to focus there rather than all the things I can't control is something that at least keeps me sane in these environments, you know. Um, and to know what those things are is such an important principle that we can take forward in our lives, as well as the whole kind of health, as Will mentioned, and relationships and ensuring that all of those are, are in order. Yeah. Totally. You know, there's a last thing I'd like to touch on, which is a little bit, you know, um, getting out your very well-informed crystal balls and telling me, you know, what do you think coming out of this crisis will change forever in the way that, in the way that we work in, in organisations? Well, it's working at a distance. Um, um, and if you go to our... our um, our common background where we all traveled like mad. Um, mm -hmm. I think there, there will be much less of that because we have learned to work at a distance. So I think that is, uh, um, that is for, for the good. Um, what else would significantly change? We'll take over and then I'll brainstorm a little bit more. I don't know if it will, but what I would hope would change is a lot of these health and well-being lessons. Uh, you know, obviously health is at the front of everyone's mind now, but the question is connected a bit to Robert's point. Uh, are we are we thinking of practices that we're putting in place now that, that are just good practices anyway, for ourselves and for those around us? And I think the third one, and this will definitely appeal to you, Ruth, uh, I, I would think that the role and the credibility of science uh, in these times will, will reassert itself. Uh, and again, for me, it'll be interesting to see what's the role that science plays when we come the other side of this one. Mm. Yeah, well, science, and I, I think the, um, uh, I think there will be a, a lot of emphasis on healthcare and investing on that in a sufficient way. Because um, you see, f frankly, a lot of, of governments, even in rich 
and, and well-organized Western Europe came uh, into this unprepared, uh, that let alone uh, what's happening in the US, it's where, where you've got a significant part of the population not being, uh, 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 not being insured uh, uh, for, uh, for healthcare. Uh, so I think, but that's more on a, on, on a macro level, but I think that, that there will be big changes uh, uh, as well. Mm. So for the good. Yeah. I also hope that there'll be changes for the good and also in the way that we, uh, frankly, take care of one another, you know, in our relationships. And I think that that's also been, for me, a positive outcome. Maybe not everywhere, but I've seen people looking out for their neighbours, but also asking their colleagues, how are you? You know, how are you dealing with this? Um, is maybe something we can all we can all take away as well. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. It's been a lot of fun for me to see you both in the same virtual room for the first time in many, many years. Um, and I wish you all the best uh, with, your, with your business and, um, and in general with your lives. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for listening to Your Path to Success with Ruth Kearns-Volman. I don't know where you are today with respect to the current turmoil in the world, but I'm sure that it has affected you in some way. Crises can be a huge opportunity for growth, learning and change. We learn the best not from the experience itself, but from evaluated experience. So I want to encourage you to take a bit of time over the summer to reflect on where you are with respect to what has happened so far this year. As you step back and reflect on your year so far, just notice what words or images are present for you and what thoughts and feelings. Notice where you're feeling resonance in your life or dissonance with your values. And then think about how you would choose to move forward with purpose. For those of you who live in the Lake Geneva region, I'd love to invite you to an in-person small group workshop I'm running on the 29th of August in Rolle. It's called your Launchpad to Success and it's an opportunity for you to take a day out to reflect, to reconnect with who you are and where you want to go in your life and to realign your daily schedule and actions with that vision. Tickets are on sale on my website, yourpathtosuccess.ch forward slash events. And there's an early bird offer available at the moment if you book before the 10th of August. Thanks once again for listening today. I hope you found it valuable and I look forward to hosting the next podcast when we'll continue hearing from some leaders who share the story of their leadership journey. Stay safe and speak with you soon.